and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon here with my friend and Chavruta Yerdina Osband. Our daf of the day, Masech Bavakama, Daf Nun Gimel, page 53. I want to start, I guess, midway down Ahmed Aleph, where we have an answer to a question that emerged in the previous Mishnah about the ox that falls into the pit because of the noise of the digging of the pit, right? That something in that startles the animal. And we saw that there's a distinction between if the animal falls, falls forward or falls backwards. So here, the Gemara begins with a citation from the Mishnah, really. If the animal fell forward from the sound of the digging, then the owner of that pit would be liable. The Gemara says, but why is that so? Maybe it's the digging that caused the animal to fall, and then that's not the pit that caused the animal to fall, in which case the owner of the pit would not be on the hook. Rav Shimi Barashi says, well, who's this, who is this mission in agreement with? Right? Whose position is it following? Rabbi Natanhi. So the Gemara says, it's it's akin or it lines up with Rabbi Natan's views, the Amar because he's the one who said Bal Habor Hazeka Ka'avid, the the owner of the pit, um, the let's say this in English, right? The syntax is completely Gemara syntax, right? The owner of the pit causes the damage by that digging. And therefore, if it's in a situation where you can't get the payment from the digger, then you have to turn to the owner to get the payment. Maybe it's not ideal, right? But he he has contributed to this hazard, which is why the animal is now injured or for that matter may be dead. And the issue is paying back the owner of the animal. So the Gemara goes on. Detanya What happens if you have an ox that pushed another ox into a pit? I don't know how common this was as a situation. So then the owner of that first ox is liable for the value of the second ox. But the owner of the pit itself is exempt, right? Meaning the damage that was caused to the second ox is because of the activity of the first ox. And then that's not I mean, yes, the pit is there, and it's part of what enables the full extent of the damage to take place, but it's not quite fair to blame the, the pit itself when the first ox, you know, really bumped or pushed the second ox. Unless you're Rabbi Natan. Rabbi Natan says, no, the owner of the first ox will pay half the amount, and the owner of the pit pays the second the second half of that same amount, right? Meaning the idea being both elements contributed to the damage that was caused to the second ox. The Gemara goes on. Vahatanya is going to, you know, kind of elaborate or clarify on Rabbi Natan's opinion. Rabbi Natan Omer, Bal habor rivia. He says it's not that they're splitting it evenly. He says rather. If we're talking about the case where an ox pushed another ox into the pit, then the owner of the pit pays three quarters, and the owner of the ox, it seems, should pay one quarter. Lokasha. I mean, that seems like maybe that's not quite fair. Lokasha ha batam abamuad. And the answer is no. That's the distinction that's going to be in this Rabbi Natan's view. If the animal was tam, right, then meaning it's already an uh, a tom ox that pushes the second ox, so then he's only going to have to pay that quarter of the cost of the damage because if it's half and half, right? Half is paid by the owner of the ox, half is paid by the owner of the 
pit. And because it's a tam ox, the owner of the ox is only going to pay half of the damages, so it ends up dividing into one quarter versus three quarters, which sounds kind of, you know, extreme at the beginning until you kind of do that math. The Gemara goes on. Well, if we're talking about that Tom Ox, the, you know, the one that doesn't have a track record of goring, or in this case, pushing, right? If you want to say that Rabbi Natan maintained that this one, meaning the ox that did the damage, and the other one, the pit that did the damage, you want to say that both of them did the damage in full, that's a little bit tricky. Then you should, then you kind of rule, like if if you want to think that each of them can, then the owners of each ox and the pit should have to pay half. But it, this seems to be a divide, right? Like one-fourth versus three-fourths. And if Rabbi Nathan holds that this one, meaning the owner of the ox, that each one of them did half of the damage, then we end up with a situation where the, the owner of the pit would pay half and because they've divided the price, but the owner of the of the ox would pay a quarter because of the factor of not being of it being time it being a payment of half damages instead of more and the re remaining quarter meaning that like if he's only paying half right what's going to happen at the end of the day it sounds like the person who is owed this money because he's you know he's cannot claim it. I mean, he's just going to end up losing it. And, you know, then the question is, well, hello, Rabbi Natan, why are you saying that the owner of the pit is paying for three quarters of the damage? Like, you could divide that a little more easily, and then nobody would lose out. Um, so, I have one more little bit here, and then over to you, Yerdina. Amar, Rava, Rabbi Natan, Diana, who Venachit Lamuka Dina. Rava says, Rabbi Natan is a judge, and he really knows, like he delved into the depths of the halacha. Le'olam kasavar. And so really what he's holding is, hai kule hazeka avad, v'hai kule hazeka avad. So his position is really that each one of these contributing, what we might think of as contributing elements to the damage, he says that each one of them did the full job. And therefore, um, and therefore, when you come you know, to your difficulty that you want to ask, you know, maybe one should pay a half and one, the other one should pay a half instead of one paying three quarters and one paying one quarter. Um, he says it's not difficult. Um, I'm sorry, that's what you want him to do. So if the owner of the ox says to the owner of the pit, you know, how is it the fact that we're partners here with you in this situation, and, you know, how did it help me, right? If my ox caused the damage and none of the damage was caused by the pit, then he would still have to pay only that same half damage that he has to pay anyway. So, you know, maybe he should give the owner of the pit half of what he had to pay of that quarter because the owner of the pit had to pay that extra. And it seems to the owner of the ox that really that's what he should pay. Um, the bottom line is that when we come to this case, right, the, 
I, I think that Rav's assessment is important. He looks at Rabbi Nathan and he says, you know, he's plumbed the depths of the halacha here, and we have to follow his lead here because he he may have a view that sounds a little bit unusual, but he also knows what he's talking about. So, you know, first of all, I like that acclaim from Rava to Rabbi Nathan, but I think also that when we're kind of, you know, maneuvering all of these movable parts of the case and trying to adjudicate how much one is going to pay under what circumstances, um, knowing that you have the broad shoulders of an expert judge surely must have been very helpful. Yeah, I mean, I think what the Gemara is basically doing is they're saying they know they have to accept Rabbi Nathan's opinion, but they just have to figure out the how of it. Right. And I mean, listen, I, I stopped a little bit early, right? The, the Gemara goes on to address exactly how Rabbi Nathan, you know, would divide up this half damage versus the other half damage. But again, for, for our purposes, I, I was willing to do that because I think that, as I said, I'm walking away holding on to the fact that they could trust, they, they come to the case with trust in Rabbi Nathan. Right. The, right. The premise is we trust Rabbi Natan and then we're going to figure out how there's not uh, the premise is not let's figure out if we need to reject that opinion. All right. I'm going to move on to Ahmed Bet, where the Gemara sort of goes through some cases um, where there are sort of now three parties that are involved in doing damage. And then it discusses what are the different levels of liability. So Amar Rava, so Rava comes and says, So if an ox and a person basically together push either an, another person or animal or some type of caleb into a pit, when it comes to the actual damages to a person or animal, kulan the, pers the person, the ox, and the pit, meaning the owner of the pit, are liable. Regarding the payment of the additional four things, right? So we've talked about that, that there are different things that, that the person who does the injury is liable uh, to pay, right? Sar, which is physical pain, Ripui, which is healing, uh, Shevet, which is unemployment, Boshet, which is, and Boshet, which is humiliation. So in terms of paying that or the value of any offspring, uh, right? In other words, if, the, if there was a woman who was pushed and she miscarries, Adam Chaya Vishor Ubor Pator. So the person and the ox who pushed that person there, Chaya, but the pit, meaning the owner of the pit, is exempt, right? The owner is actually uh, is actually going to be, um, is going, sorry, Adam Chaya Vishor Ubor Pator. The person is Chaya, but the owner of the shore, the boar, they are Pator. Uh, right, they only pay for the actual damages that occurred but not for any of these secondary things. Talking about this payment of kofir for the death of a free man and 30 shkalim for the death of a Canaanite slave. The shore in this case would be chayav, but the person and the owner of the pit, they are prator. Those are not things that they would have to pay. Um, now remember, the ox is only going to be chayav if it was muad, and the person doesn't have to pay kofir because he actually would be possibly subject to the death penalty. And so therefore, if you get the death penalty, you don't pay any monetary, um, uh, you don't pay anything monetary. But let's say he was even exempt from the death penalty. He wasn't warned in advance, so he can't be put to death. He's also still exempt from paying 
because when he does something that could have carried out the death penalty, this was on Lamed Hay, was on that Ahmad, if it's done intentionally, right? Uh, you know, if it would, if he would have been liable the death penalty had he had been warned and it was done intentionally, uh, then he could have, you know, then he would have gotten the death penalty. So he still would be exempt from getting the, even though he's exempt from getting the death penalty, he's still exempt from paying Kofer. Kofer is only paid if it's real accidental uh, death. So in terms of paying for the actual utensils or for an ox that now became disqualified uh, for an offering, right? One of these objects is pushed into a pit. The person and the ox are chayab, but the owner of the pit is actually uh, is going to be exempt because a boar is never high up to have to pay for damages. This was taught in, uh, this was actually taught in the Mishnah on uh, Lamed Bet. Uh, and this was, you know, they, they even had a pasuk to say, to say that as well. And the other ex- exemption also is, is that when the damage object is a consecrated animal, even if it was disqualified, let's say that animal by a blemish or something like that, or was redeemed, uh, you're not going to be high up for it. So Rabba basically creates this case where there's three damagers, right? The shore, the Adam, and the owner of the boar, but each of them are going to be responsible uh, for a variety of different things. From there, the, the Gemara is going to go on to a whole discussion uh, a Rava gives about the source that a boar is exempt from uh, paying a disqualified offering that falls into it. And then it's going to get also a little bit into a discussion about why if something, uh, if, if, uh, if you have a damaged ox in a boar, that it's the owner of the damaged ox, the, right, the, the, that, that, you know, the ox dies, that the owner of the damaged, of the dead ox has to pay for the novella. And they go through a whole thing comparing boar to shore and which one is sort of more lenient and which one has more exemptions, which, which is very interesting. But I really like this case that Rava sets up for us. And I think what Rava shows us is, is that, each of these categories, the category of shore, the category of Adam, and the category of boar, each damage in their own way. And therefore, they're each responsible for a completely and totally different set of damages. And none of them are exactly the same, which on the one hand is very, very confusing. On the other hand, seems to make a lot of sense because each of them are very, very different entities. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, listen, they both function in the same way in that they cause damage, even though the way they cause damage and the results of their damage are going to be different. Right. And I think, again, we're seeing that there's so many factors when it comes to how these things get assessed and paid out, right? Like when it was done, how it was done, who it is done by. And then Rava finally comes up with a case where there's like a combination of the who to really sort of highlight all of those differences about how the who impacts damages. Who exactly. Meaning, who meaning who the damager is. Right, right, right. Well, that's our top discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about the stop on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. 